Well, I'm also thinking our live show should bleed between bleed over into like the hour and a half range, just because we have someone flying in from Dallas. <laughs> Maybe we could just like apologize to him afterwards and like just just talk to him one on one. Well, one of the things I was thinking for the Q and A is we give the couch people questions so that if no one asks a question, we just take one from the couch. Nice. And then they'll ask the questions that we've asked them to ask. Right. Or they make them up because they hate us. Yeah, that'd be good too. Do you have a house band? No, we don't so have we a house play band. Your bumpers. That's play a great you idea. You're going to do the bumpers. Well, yeah. Next year. Or or next live show when we get we get flown out somewhere. Yeah, you know, when you booked the Tacoma Dome. <laughs> Tacoma Dome. <laughs> Sunday at the Tacoma Dome. <laughs> podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> Get your Skype latency ready! Good morning and happy new year, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 75. Whew. We've now done as many episodes as the sum of the first five pentagonal numbers, and therefore, this episode is a pentagonal pyramidal episode. Speaking of dry, unimportant academic terms, today we are talking about Dianetics by the great L. Ron Hubbard. If you want to suggest a topic for us to read, you can go to read-weep.com slash suggest. And also there you can vote on other people's suggestions. That's how we pick topics for the show. Also, do not read this book. But if you want to, you can get it for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep And sign up for a free trial. You get a free audiobook of your choice. Could be this one. Could be a better one. And you get to keep that book even if you cancel. And we get to keep our affiliate sponsorship, even if you cancel. Not saying you should, just saying that if you did, it would still be good for our show, and that's how we pay for things like today's special guest. Of course, I am the host of the show, the great A, Charles Falcone. Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and I got bored writing science fiction, so I decided to work on some fictional science instead. Heyo! Joining us today, we have a very special panel. First up, while you're hitting him... His unconsciousness is recording the sound of traffic passing. Finally back home in California, it's Ezra. I'm, uh, I'm gonna cohabitate because you tell me to cohabitate. We're, we're not actually telling you to cohabitate. We're telling you that you're a cohabitator. Well, I'm gonna keep on cohabitating because that sounds fun. <laughs> well, your, your cells are telling you to survive. That's the important thing. With someone else in a freaky way. Also joining us today, every time I touch my tie, he takes his jacket off. Always at home in Seattle, it's Chris. My reactive mind just wants to get naked, guys. I'm here to burn. (laughs) Also, we have a very special guest today. He doesn't care if there are sharks nearby. He loves the shrimp. Live in studio with me, the cougar expert himself. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Scott back to the program. I just want some krill, but every time I eat some, my butt hurts. So, Chris, today, don't bother summarizing the book because the structure is not important here, obviously. Uh, We just want you to tell us what you've discovered empirically 
in the lab. Chris? Chris? Did Chris pass out? He's not responding. He must be unconscious. Let's give him an engram. Oh, good idea. That's like the thing where it's like bad thoughts that you get while you're unconscious and then they cause you to do stuff later. Like Whatever be sad. thoughts, yeah. Yeah. Bad or good. I'll be the sound of water dripping just so he can have that in there too. Oh, you're just, okay. Chris is going to think there was a leaky faucet in his, his subconscious. How about this? How about every time Chris, Chris, you're unconscious. Every time you hear something sexual, you're going to scream. And and wet yourself. Right, because of the, the leaky faucet. Right. All right. I hope he wakes up soon. How do we wake him up? Throw water on him. <laughs> Stick his hand in warm water. Hit the Skype douse button. Oh, Skype douse. Sure. Boom. Hey, whoa, hey, uh, guys. Uh, hey, what what's going on? Nothing, nothing. I, we're just hanging out. Um, we were uh, getting ready to do a summary. Yeah, summary. All right, here and, we go. And we want we want this summary to be to to be long and hard. Ah! <laughs> what was that, Chris? I think a bird just hit my window, but I didn't quite hear it, but it was right there. And um, Hang on, I gotta go get a towel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, anyway not, Chris, not, that's not important. Okay. So go ahead, give, give us the summary of the first half of L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics. Okay. L. Ron Hubbard, science fiction writer behind Dune decided instead of sandworms, he would write about how minds are like computers in a really dumb way. <laughs> anyway, he thinks that everything negative that happens to you that is real or imagined is because of bad things that happened prenatal or when you were a baby and you hang on to them and then they come back and get you. So you got to go find a Scientology center and get audited. And auditing is where they just help you relive those moments that you think you may have experienced until you're better, until you're clear and just like Tom Cruise. And it's awesome. <laughs> just just for uh, the sake of the nerds who are going to send us hate mail. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, he, yeah, didn't write Hubbard, Dune. Yeah. he didn't write Dune. Oh, fuck. I'm that sorry. That was Frank Herbert, apparently. Yeah. Oh, what did, what did L. Ron Hubbard write? Uh, Battle, Battlefield Earth. Oh, he did Battlefield Earth? Okay. Yeah, remember that movie with uh, John Travolta wearing uh, disco boots and dread uh, dreads? Yeah, that's the single worst movie I've ever seen in my life, actually. So, and, least, and you watched the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is not nearly as entertaining as the Star Wars Christmas special. Wow, fuck that. Uh, okay, great. Good, that sounds like almost a compliment. Let's start with our compliment sandwich. Uh, we like to start and end with compliment. It makes it sound like fair criticism. Scott, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment round. Which do you prefer? Um, I will. I'll go first. That's cool. Cool. Lay it on us. Um, I love the way he talks as if he's writing from a learned position, like five hundred years in the future. <laughs> and he t he'll say things like, "Once upon a time, there was a technique known as hypnosis," <laughs> as if society has forgotten all about it, and he's reminding us. Or things like, uh, "In the mind's eye." To use an old colloquialism. <laughs> no one said those words in so long. Minds don't have eyes. Well, and then in the next sentence, he'll, you know, refer to a phonograph needle. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, this was better than all of the storage that in all of NASA's computers. Whereas all of NASA's computers from the 50s could still fit on a floppy today. Floppy? What's that? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you're, you're doing the Hubbard thing. <laughs> to, to use an old colloquialism. All right, Ezra, what is your major compliment? I mean, I, I like how he really defined his goals. Basically, all he had to do was present something that was better for people than shock therapy was in the 50s. Uh, <laughs> totally. And I think he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> this is not quite as harmful as shock therapy. <laughs> as far as setting up a straw man, it's hard to beat, you know, an ice pick plunging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rested in and out. We want something better than a caveman lobotomy. Can we, can we shoot for that? He narrowly met that goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to be third. My major compliment is that the audiobook reader, I don't know if you guys know this, was also is also the narrator for the History Channel's Modern Marvels. Oh. Yeah, and he's awesome. So now whenever I watch Modern Marvels, I'm going to assume that he's just making shit up. That he's throwing up a smoke screen of jargon about the Sherman tank? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no one knows how the Sherman tank works. <laughs> That's not important. What's <laughs> important is that it'll blow the fuck out of it. <laughs> All right, Chris, your major compliment. Yeah, uh, so mine is just the weird sort of background of Scientology, the religion that that happens, that like peeks itself in uh, into the science parts. So when he describes man, he says, man is the most successful organism currently in existence, at least on this planet. <laughs> because somewhere out there, the Shi'ar Empire is lying in wait, waiting to invade. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. Clearly, he's you. never played as Protoss. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. If you want efficiency, those fuckers. Yeah, well, they're clear. I think they're all they're all clear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's just so fantastical what we think of Scientology now, but if you look at it back in its beginnings, you know. In the 50s? Yeah. There was some shit back then. Yeah. Well, that's the frustrating thing about the book, which is I'm listening, I'm like, oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Like, I could see that as being a useful analogy as to how our minds might work at a very metaphorical level. Wait, what did you just <laughs> say? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're starting to get hateful, so let's, let's go into our second segment, which is the hate segment. These are the opposite of our compliments, even if they sound like the same thing with just the word like change to hate. They are not. <laughs> and uh, this week we're going to be playing Street Hakey. Ooh. Hakey. Uh, Is that like parkour? No, no. It's like we'll have rollerblades and we'll set up a couple of garbage cans. We'll okay. make the young guy wear some pads and be the hate goalie. Okay, so I'm going to go first here. I'm going to give a little pass and want, try and shoot for a one-timer here. Because nice. the first thing that we got to do is talk about the fucking jargon in this book. Ah. Just the smokescreen of jargon that comes up. One of the first sentences, quote unquote, is the first character of the indiv- characteristic of the individual that should be considered is the strength of his dynamic by which an axiom can be formulated. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I knew we were in trouble when uh, there was a line, much of the nomenclature is colloquial. Colloquial. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. If this is how he says words are common, we're in trouble. Yeah. Well, this is the best part. Like, just before, I love this part. I was cracking up. I shared it with everyone I live with. When one is delivering answers which are simple, he need not make the communication any more difficult than is necessary to convey the ideas. <laughs> how many extra words did he have? <laughs> <laughs> 
irony is not a really? feature of the clear. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, right. I, I gotta hate this. Is going for the five hole actually. Uh, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, thing. I think that's a sex thing. <laughs> it can be both. Um, but yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is for ruining uh, a perfectly good evening I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> so about hypnotism, Elrond says. Uh, it is dangerous and belongs in the parlor the same way you would want an atomic bomb there. And that just pretty much squashes my atomic bomb and hypnotism party, so I don't know what I'm going to do on Friday. I'm just picturing, like, you know, a Victorian parlor with tea and those, like, upholstered chairs in velvet with the big buttons. And just, you know, you're sitting around and everyone's sipping their tea and on one of these divans is an atom bomb. <laughs> oh. Oh, fusion. How- how are things back on the acreage? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, other hates. I, I, I have a hate. Car. Um, uh. All right. Hate on. Hate, hate on. on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm, I'm getting tired. I think... <sighs> Scott? Guys, Scott? Scott? Scott just passed out. Oh, man. He's unconscious. Well, this gives us a, f- a handy opportunity, right? Yeah. Do you want to give him an engram? Yeah, let's give him an engram. So why don't you um, give him an Indian burn while we, uh, while we just plant a suggestion in his head, and the pain will, will trigger something so that we can plan oh, it. Oh, sure. Okay. I think I remember how to do an Indian burn. Oh, my God. That sounds just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel very good. So what do you want him to do? Well... I think any time he hears a loud noise... He has to try to say a limerick. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Good. All right, well, I'm going to see if I can wake him up with this uh, wet willy. Ah! What is that? Oh, Alex, dude, what the hell, man? Oh, no, your headphones were dirty. I was cleaning them. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. Oh, why is my arm all red? Uh, you, well, you passed out, and you, were, you slept on that part of it, so it cut off the blood. Whoa. I might need to see a doctor. No, no, you're, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure you're fine. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's nothing physical, just an aberration of the mind, like girls who die of peanut allergies. <laughs> yeah, I probably have an M-gram in there somewhere that's making me pass out randomly. No, I, I'm sure there's nothing at all like that. That would be too weird. That would be too weird. Hmm. Uh, Anyways, let me, podcast let me, still going on? Yeah, yeah, the podcast is still fine. Oh, let me, good. I was just going to test out my antique pistol. Whoa, that's, <laughs> that's, that's very ornate. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't this good? I, uh, I got this at a thrift store the other day. And I just want to see if it fires, and then we can go back to the podcast, if that's cool. Yeah, sure. Um, well, yeah, aim it out the window, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that was loud. And once upon a time, there was a pistol, which reminded me of a Scud missile. It went out of a rack and never came back. And I think about it fondly, thus still. Huh, funny story. Uh, I've, I, that's, uh, I've always wanted to be a poet, and I feel like today is the day I start down that path. Oh, that's great. It was really good. And you should write that down. I, I, I should. I will. My arm really hurts, though. I, <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure it's nothing. Let's, let's move on. Whoa. Also, uh, there's some ink. There's some uh, Sharpie on your forehead. You fell into a bucket of pens. That were shaped all like a penis. arranged. Ah! Oh, that was loud. <laughs> I once heard a man at the cleaners. He wasn't nice. He couldn't have been meaner. 
he gave me my starch and looked like a larch. But I said, dude, where's your wiener? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was really loud. I walked down the street one day, past a man, and to me, he said, hey, what's going on? I said with a plum, and then he got really quickly out of my way. Oh, wow, that's a great story. So. Oh, I, I feel just so lyrical today. <laughs> wow. How, how you doing, Chris? Well, the ghost keeps dumping water right on my crotch. I think I need a sponge or something. <laughs> Did anybody else have any other hates? I have a hate. So what's, up, what's his beef with foresters? He says, you know, foresters will see that some trees kill other trees and therefore conclude a specious attitude towards trees. Again, <laughs> Finally calling out the foresters for all their shenanigans all these years. Yeah, he just keeps inventing these non-existent straw men with non-real motivation. Because <laughs> every, everybody in forestry is like, no, I saw a tree kill another tree. Fuck trees. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> that defines a, a forester as one who hates trees. Listen, men, pay no attention to the fact that there are factories around the world who need our product. Houses need to be built. Paper that needs to be written on. The only reason we are here today is that some of these trees are killing some of these we other trees. We revenge. <laughs> and we yeah. must have... Oh, I gotta say, I, we, uh, when I was a kid, we used to live in this really nice neighborhood. And then all these foresters started moving in and the property values fell. And then a forester killed my family. Did, did you ever follow up with that with the police report? Did they ever find Forrester? I was. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So um, I've got a little bit of a, a hate wrist shot here. You know, just something I want to throw out there. Um, yeah. There's this whole – we've talked a little bit about the theory of mine and how, you know, engrams are, are planted in you and they have to get out via auditing. This auditing process sounds like a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. I mean, it sounds a lot like being audited by the IRS. Oh, that's true. But the IRS only makes you go back three years. (laughs) (laughs) That one snuck up on me. I was like, that's funny. No, wait, that's really Guys, uh, I, I had a really late night last night. I'm just going to kind of doze off for a sec. Um, my New Year's party was super, super awesome, but I am pooped. So just uh, talk amongst yourselves, all right? Uh, hey, hey, guys. Is uh, yeah. you, Wouldn't it be fun to give him an engram? Yeah, he's unconscious. Yeah, I mean, we've never done that before for anybody, but it would be fun to do to Ezra. Right. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think that'd be great. I mean, he's he's sleeping like a little baby. I think it's it's time to give him something that uh, reflects on his uh, you know prenatal engrams. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Well, any anytime he hears something beautiful and poetic, uh, he should tell us a secret from his childhood in a dramatic fashion. In a dramatic fashion. Yes. So he'll just he'll feel the compulsion to confess dramatically. Okay. Cool. Okay. So is that how we imprint an engram? That's right. Although probably good to kick him if we could. Oh, he's in yeah. California. Hit, hit the Skype kick button. Oh, okay. Skype, sure, Skype kick. Ah! Ez? Uh, yeah. How was your nap? You have a good nap? 
Yeah, it's kind of woke up with a start, but I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, good. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you're back, because it's time for another edition of the Writer's Workshop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Writer's Workshop, where we get the authors of famous works that we are, have been discussing on the podcast, and we bring them in, and we have them share their work, along with some other students from their workshops. And we are very lucky today to have uh, the immortal, the incredible L. Ron Hubbard. Thanks for being uh, here, Ron. Well, it's um, it's my pleasure. Well, we're, we're very glad to have you. So we've all been reading the first half of what appears to be an early draft of your somewhat scientific no, work. No, no, that's um, I believe that is the final draft. Oh, uh, well, we'll give you some feedback and we'll see if that changes your mind. How about that? I'm I'm open to all good, good communication. Good. Good. Well, uh, so we'll open up to the floor. If you would please introduce yourself, remind everybody who you are, and maybe what we've been reading of yours in the past, and then ask uh, Elron your question. Uh, my name is Elron. Well, well, you don't have to go for it. We'll, we'll each inter- We know who you are. Well, of course you do. <clears throat> hi, hi, uh, um, L. Uh, this is Rob Robertson. Uh, last week we read my crime noir essay entitled The Man with One Name. Rob. (laughs) 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 And uh, I have a question for you. Um, So uh, you relate a lot of the current psychoses and neuroses of uh, of humanity to prenatal engrams as the primary source. Uh, One of these that you listed was being afraid of the dark is something that's prenatal because it's it's dark in there. Um, I have one question for you, Al. what about there being monsters in the dark? Is that not more true because there are monsters out there? Um, if you're referring to the monsters that lie in every woman's womb, which we have through experiment and postulation and ultimately scientific equations. You've actually found monsters in wombs? Absolutely. They are the engrams imprinted on the... Are you sure you're not referring to fetuses? No, no, they surround like, the fetus. Hieroglyphic no. cave drawings? What, what exactly are you... No, I'm talking oh, about that... zombie werewolves that are lurking outside waiting waiting for your blood. They, they live under my bed. I, I, I'm afraid of the dark. Well, I, I, I suppose what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that the zombie werewolves that lurk underneath your bed are merely expressions of the engrammatic imprints and that while you rested in your mother's womb, you experienced continual bombardment by your mother's own engrams. I, I just have a, uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, my, my name is Sesame Pete, and I have a few things. I'm sorry? Sesame <laughs> Pete. Uh, I wrote Expressway some Pete? Sesame uh, Pete. And uh, I, I wrote you a delicious poem last week about my love for lasagna. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I have a... I just want to say, it does certainly sound like you're talking about people going through all of the cycles of life in a womb, and I personally went through puberty long after I was in the womb, I was out of the womb. Uh, there are many phases that are after the womb. Also, I like the idea that you were talking about hieroglyphic paintings on the inside of a womb by a fetus. That's an amusing idea. Um, you, are those you watercolors, be... or are they acrylic there, El? 
Oh they, my god, watercolors are so beautiful. I'm sorry, guys, I just got to break out of the character for a second. When I was about three years old, I fell off my tricycle. Oh no. And actually, I have never been able to get on any kind of vehicle again. Oh, wow. Regardless of the number of wheels it has? Yeah, no, uh, three is worse, but, but everything is like a multiple or like can, is divided by three or is one or two away from three, so I'm pretty much shot. So a 12-wheeler or an 18-wheeler. Oh, my God. That's like four times as bad. <laughs> that's, um, that's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we should definitely see you for a rundown. We can correct these aberrations and psychoses because I believe that within your mind, the tricycle equals the wheels, equals the sound of your mother comforting you, equals the smell of Bactine on your bruises, <laughs> equals the sun shining upon you, Equals the roar of the surf. That's, that's, that's enough. That's enough wrong. That prose I'm, is so beautiful. Oh my god! I <laughs> actually, uh, I pooped in my dad's shoe when I was two. On purpose or an accident? First one, then the other. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, can you tell me? Do you think that, that is along all four dynamics, or does that only better yourself? Sorry, is dynamic a verb or a noun? <laughs> um, it's an ad noun. Oh, yeah. Adjective noun. Adjective noun. I find it difficult to use standard English because it was discovered at one point that it's by... A, it's a homonymic language. I know you hate that. You, I was, I was not calling you a homonym yourself. I was just saying that as you mentioned in your book, you don't like homonymic languages. Sir, you're, you may have an engram that causes you to blink your eye one at a time suggestively in my direction. It could be something between your kinesthetic bank and that your kinesthetic... That sounds kinesth kind of sexual to me. <laughs> I respectfully disagree. Oh, no, I don't! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that man shouted quite loudly. Yes, My, he did, Ron. What did that make you think of? As I look out upon the fond mountain, I wish to climb it and go high like a fountain. The air is so thin, and I might begin... If I knew a man I was gay, I would mount him. <laughs> I um, It turns out my poetry has taken a rather revealing turn. <laughs> um, I think I was raised by a dog between six months and nine months of age. <laughs> so that was, that was still a good year before he pooped in your dad's shoe. Yeah. Suggesting that you're a daddy wolf, but a, a, a daddy person daddy. Well, I guess that's where I learned it from, though. Oh, uh, it must be. Hey, can, Do, we get, can we get back to the work zap, Ron? Yeah, Elrond, uh, I uh, am Leroy. I am a big, big science fiction uh, fan. And um, <laughs> for last last week, uh, we, we all read my, my story about the, the sandwich that takes over the world through small nano sandwiches. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that, but you did not have enough atomic bombs for my taste. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, continue. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, at one point you talk about uh, a man with a detachable coat, uh, which implies that there is an alternative to a detachable coat, which <laughs> does not come off. Are you talking about a new, uh, perhaps, uh, coat that fuses onto skin, or perhaps a coat of paint that gets used as clothing in the future? Um, yes. Uh, it turns out, although the details are not important here, that due to Dianetic technology and discovery, we have shown positively that there are forms of garments that can be applied to the skin and left there permanently without detriment or hypnosis. Are you saying that you, your study of Dianetics has included a study of superior garments? 
superior everything. Yeah. Indeed. If you were clear, you would not need a jacket. You would have your perfect perception to blanket you from all outside negative influences. Oh, it's, like how, it's like when you said that the people use glasses because they're, they're stupid and they're not clear yet. That's it's right. like we wear coats because we're not smart enough to not need coats yet. That's right. And um, lest you think that this is something that might put REI out of business, it turns out that people on their path to clear <laughs> buy a rapid succession of ever thinner <laughs> outerwear. So that as they get warmer and warmer and more protected from the elements. I think you use that Columbia jacket with the micro-reflective aluminum technology. That is very popular amongst the clears, the pre-clears. The pre-clears. That sounds great. Does anybody else have any questions for Mr. L? Yeah, this is Rob Robertson again. Um, so, L. Ron. Hey, uh, Robbie. And, and, hi there, Sesame Pete. Um, Anyway, you have a passage that I wanted to expound upon a little bit. You say near the beginning of your book that man is currently winning in the cosmic election which will select the thinker of the new thought. Man is heir to the experience and instruction of his own ancestors. Indeed. I want to talk a little bit about this election. How do I know that the thinker supports the cosmic issues I care about, such as providing government services to the elderly or legalizing marriage between humans and tentacle monsters? That's an excellent question. And if you refer to diagram A in your mind, you will see zero. You will see upon the axis, the y-axis, which is approximation to pleasure, immortality, or death, apathy. And on the x-axis, you will see number of votes cast <laughs> relative for your candidate relative to the total is, number. Is this, a, is this a representative election or is this sort of a one-man, one-vote thing? Um, it is actually a, a representative parliament in four houses. So we're not using an electoral college? Uh, um, no. A space electoral college. Sorry, did, did you just lisp the letter G? <laughs> <laughs> My lisp is somewhat mobile. It's a, it's a psychosomatic ill. Son, I believe you have a demon that lies between your kinesthetic bank and your lip motor. I'm going to take a bunch of pictures and glue them to a piece of paper and make a nice collage. All a substitute for your inability to imagine. I'm going to go look this up on Skoogles. I'm not sure how you could possibly get that to work. Because they pronounced the S right. So. <laughs> With F. No F in Googles. Yo, you're putting an S in front of the G in Googles. <laughs> I like the Googles for my third possibilities, but I'm also a big fan of Bing's. <laughs> what? And you are all over the map. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are, just one more thing. Are you a gay stereotype, a southern stereotype, or a dyslexic stereotype? I think I've just got a lisp. I don't think there's any reason why I should be necessarily uh, expected to have a certain sexuality or, or reason of the country. <laughs> also, I have one final question. You said that Rome perished for a lack of the theory of the mind, but what about lead pipes? <laughs> what, what about lead pipes? It was the plumber. In the aqueduct with the lead <laughs> pipe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us for this week's Writer's Workshop. We appreciate it, Elrond. Uh, we, we look forward to all meeting you guys next week when Rob Robertson is going to read his new story. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, uh, once again, we're following Detective Rob <laughs> on another crime noir thriller called The Man with Two Names. Tracking down someone who stole some pie. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. We uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Every day, every day.
Meanwhile, in the Shark's Lounge. But in reality, we're paddling with two oars! <laughs> Shark Push, you didn't laugh. Too esoteric for you? No, it's fine. Uh, it's just I didn't really get anything I wanted for Chris Puss and Sharknika. They were all shark gifts or octopus gifts. No one understands that I'm both a shark and an octopus. I hear that. All my Martian buddies don't understand that I'm completely evil and totally kind, so they usually just pick one or the other. So why aren't you upset like me? Because I solved this riddle a long time ago. Here, open this gift I got for you. An audible.com trial membership? And you know what book you can get for free? One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish by Dr. Seuss, narrated by David Hyde Pierce. All parts of me love fish, Dr. Seuss, and actors from Frasier. Me too, Sharktopus, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also got you an astronaut. Ooh. <laughs> My whole <laughs> It's a moral gray area because the astronaut was going to blow up the Earth. <laughs> Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. All right, well, now we it, it is that time again. It is time for the second half of our compliment sandwich, the minor compliment. Put one more piece of bread on it, and then we'll eat the shit. Hmm. So, for the minor compliment, we go in the reverse order of the way we went at the beginning of the show. That means Chris is up first, and Scott, you'll be last. Chris, okay. fire when ready. My favorite part about L. Ron Hubbard being a science fiction writer from the 50s is he thinks that everything is made of, like, wind-up robots. So, <laughs> becoming clear increases your intelligence and is limited only by the capacity of your memory banks. You are a science fiction robot. <laughs> You're just like, really? I mean, uh, yeah, anyway. My Roomba has more onboard memory than every robot you've ever seen. <laughs> so if someone ever comes up to you like you're about to step in a manhole and they walk up to you and they say, danger, danger, unknown stranger. Yes. Yeah. That, they're probably clear. Yeah. yeah. So and that's, hence, that's how they talk. Know, that's how <laughs> schools started teaching stranger danger because of pot lap, or potholes. Yeah, and Robbie, <laughs> and Robbie the robot. Yeah, and Robbie the robot. You got it. All right. Uh, my minor compliment. So once again, to dwell on my favorite part, which was the three characters, the guy with the jacket, the girl who's getting abused, and the fish thing. So <laughs> I forget. This... I don't have a single memory of any of them. I, right, I was so... unconscious and had these implanted as engrams. <laughs> so here's the, here's the fish thing. The fish swims into the shallows where the water's brackish and yellow and tastes of iron. He's just taken a mouthful of shrimp when a bigger fish rushes at him and knocks against his tail. The, the small fish manages to get away but has been physically hurt. Having negligible analytic powers, the small fish depends on reaction for much of his choice of activity. Now he heals his tail and goes on about his affairs. Okay, first of all, magic fish just heals his tail. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Secondly, I love that he has affairs to go to. Like, he's on the way to a lunch meeting, but he's running a little late. So he's got to pull out his little fish cell phone out of his fish briefcase. 
then be like, hey, sorry, Jared, uh, you know, order a sandwich for me, you know, and tell the waiter to wait. I'll be there in a second. Or is it like a silk stocking sort of thing where it's like, you know, he has affairs to get to. Oh, he's off to a party where he's going to wear a little mask and no one will know who he is so he can make out with everybody. Wow. Yeah. It's like Gossip Girl with fish. I think I met that fish once at a warehouse party in Berkeley. (laughs) I've been to swanky affairs in which that fish was invited. He's a slut. Ah! Oh, it was so loud. Jeez. The glow of your screen is appealing. Before you, I'll soon be annealing. For you are my priest. I like you the least. And oh, wow, I find myself squealing. In a non-sexual way. Yes. Oh. My poetry is really coming along, don't you think, guys? I think so. You're getting very good, uh-huh. yeah. That one didn't do it for me, actually. Is <laughs> it is time for your minor compliment. What's your? What is it? Um... They laid down a really nice challenge in one part of this. Said, um, if a man has gone insane enough to murder once, he'll go insane enough in the future to murder again. And then I say, <laughs> challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> can you guys find a way that you can keep someone from murdering again, assuming they're insane enough to do it? <laughs> Got it. A way to keep someone from okay. murdering if they've already murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So the way you murder somebody is by jumping off a tall building and landing on them? <laughs> Probably can only do that once. Just I think you just have to take that person as quickly as possible down to the mall, hook them up to the e-meter, give them a rundown. You've intervened. You'll clear them up. He'll go on about his day. Just don't fuck up the rundown. My favorite thing is that you keep calling it a rundown. Is you could have a person go insane – such that they feel like murdering everybody mm-hmm. at exactly 154,000 seconds since the Unix epoch. Oh. How many times does that happen? Once. Nice. All right, here's my plan. Get two uh, oven mitts, <laughs> duct tape it onto their hands. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that won't... Prevent it 100% of the time like our methods, but it will... Uh... Guns are out of the picture. Knives would be really tricky to hold. But I suffocation, like... man. Suffocation. <laughs> Shit. <There's> a... <laughs> Strangling? They still have their thumbs. Uh, they're not strong. Also, though. what if they take off the duct tape? But how? With their teeth. They're murderous the teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and a mouth guard. Or what if they do that They like, they do that thing in, in uh, movies where their hands are behind them on the chair and they rub them against the chair leg? Murderous that sounds thing. vaguely sexual. <laughs> Doesn't say insexual at all to me. All right, uh, Scott, it is time for your minor compliment. What is it? Um, I like that this gives me, and like now you guys, like we've got all new code words we can use to like talk salaciously about like chicks. Because we, we know like, you know, Dynamic 2 is all about the sex act. So we could be hanging out by the water cooler and the cute secretary walks by and be like, hey, Alex, I like her second Dynamics. I'd, I'd like to see her... I'd clear her. Dynamic too. Yeah, she yeah. I'd clear. <laughs> I'll, I'll re-trigger her kinesthetics. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to disagree with you during the compliment round. But I think the secretary might know if, when you walked by, you said, "Hey, I'd like to any word or phrase her." <laughs> I think she'd get the idea. No, no, you wouldn't refer to her specifically. You'd be like, "Check it out. Pretty good on the Vizio Bank." <laughs> How is none of this sexual? I, I think the way you're saying it is really what's giving it the, the emphasis. You know what, because she's not clear, her, hear, her hearing's not <laughs> that good. Not good. 
Ow, I just slipped on a banana peel. Guys, Alex just fell down and passed out. Let's do an engram because we haven't done that before. Uh, yeah, we right. This is a great opportunity. Um, whenever Alex uh, hears the word the, he'll uh, punch himself slightly. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that won't get tiresome at all. Good. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wake Alex up by pulling on his nose hairs very sharply. Dude, you alright? You uh, fell down and bumped your head right there. Oh, oh, I feel fine. I feel fine. At least no one gave me an Indian burn. Or. That'd be really mean. Who would do that to a friend of theirs? Spot? Nobody would do that. Well, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. That's the ow, uh, end of our show. Uh, sorry, I had a. I had, yeah, a, a, I had a fly on me or something. Just. What the fuck? Ow. Uh, anyway, uh, that's. The, the end. Ow, ow. Uh, anyway, join us again next week for episode number 76. We're going to be reading the ow, second half of Dianetics, L. Ron Hubbard's book. Uh, also, we have some very special surprises coming up next week, so be sure you're back for that. As always, you can go to read-sweep.com slash suggest to suggest a topic and send us any feedback, hate mail, love mail. Leave a message on our answering machine. Leave us some voicemail by going to read-weep.com slash contact. Get all the information there and send us feedback. We would love to hear from you. Once again, I would like to thank our guest, Scott, for being here. Scott is the owner of Voicebox in Portland, which is Portland's finest karaoke establishment. Uh, private Asian-style karaoke rooms and a uh, wonderful bar with a wine and sake list that is quite impressive and very tasty dumplings, as well as being a comedian at comedy sports. Uh, voiceboxpdx.com if you want to learn more about his career business. It is the most fun thing you can do in Portland. The Closed. most fun thing. The ow, most fun ow. thing. Ow! Sorry, I... No, no, uh, excuse me. Let me emphasize, for the sake of my business, it is the... Ow! The... Ah. The most fun thing you can do in Portland. <laughs> I have a... I have a... Well, have, the most fun thing, I, I think, oh. is probably sex, right? Have, oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was loud. <laughs> Through the window, I can see the sunset, and I think that I shall oh, see... Oh, sunsets are so yet. beautiful! <laughs> <laughs> the light may go down, but I shall not frown. Nothing from nothing beats nothing. You gotta have something.